happy Wednesday, everyone. I'm so glad to be here today. I'm so glad to be amongst friends and family on tonight. I hope everyone is having a wonderful week on this week. I just want to give a shout out to my parents. Happy anniversary, 59 years of being an amazing example to us as, as, as their children and to the people of God. I thank God for their sacrifice that they make um, to us every single day, even the ones that we don't know about. But I am so, so excited that it's been 59 years and they still love each other. They're still inseparable. They are a great example. So guys, we want to give them a thumbs up and thank them so much for showing us what love looks like. Now, we've been talking about petty, being petty, and how the petty things can affect not only our lives, but our church growth as a body in Christ. Um, and I want to thank you guys for allowing me the opportunity to share these things with you, because I know that God is about to bless, redeem, assembly. We're already blessed, but God is about to do something new. And he just pressed upon my heart about moving in unity, how it's important for us to come together as a body of Christ so that we can go into the same direction, loving one another and knowing how to communicate with one another. Um, when, when this whole study started with me um, on the topic of moving, God had dropped the word ambiguous in my head. I was like, I can't recall what that meant again. So I looked it up um, and I didn't. And it means, you know, to have a different perception, different perspective. Um, on one thing, how it can be interpreted in many ways, something that's uncertain, that's not clear. And I really didn't know what to do with it. So, and then I just kind of put it to the side and I started to, God took me down the path of talking about dealing with petty things and learning how to really truly love and not walk around with unforgiveness. So I didn't know what to do with this word. So I said, God, I'll just let you have your way. Um, and then it was brought back to my attention, maybe like four weeks later, um, just about how communication is so important in our ministry. Um, we deal with a lot of different perspectives and we want to make sure that we're all on one accord. Um, and so I wanted to talk about that tonight, um, about being and having ambiguous thoughts and looking at one thing one way and she may see it another, but God means it one way. He's clear in his word. So when we talk about communication, um, the lack of communication is often leading issue in church conflicts in this in our day and time today. In fellowship, you have to have a, a confrontation which exists because of reconciliation. We can't act like that things didn't happen. We can't be upset and mad and you're at church and you're acting like, oh, I'm good. I'm just letting it go when it's truly still in your heart. We want to get to the place where that's not what we're going to be doing anymore. Because like I said last week and the week before last, we want God to flow in our lives. So just to give like an icebreaker on perspective, there's a picture that our lovely sister Watts is going to put up for you. I'm going to give you guys a minute or two to take a look at it. And I want you to tell me what you see in that image. Take a good look at it. Tell me what you see in the image. And I'll wait for some of your responses so that we can talk about it a little bit.
What do you guys see when you look at this image? Give you guys a few more minutes. I'm anxious to hear. Okay, Charmaine, person and liar. I see liar, I see face. Andre says liar. Uh, make face and the word, word liar, okay. Sab your face, Carmen, I see that. Face and lie, thank you, Amira. Jazz face. And the face image, okay, Andre, I got that one. And liar. <laughs> Some of you saw liar after the fact that somebody said it. You guys are good. You guys are good. Yeah, so pretty much liar, liar, pants on fire. Okay, Barfield. <laughs> Hurt tear. Okay, Leisha, I see that. Face train. Okay. All right, so guys, that is wonderful. You can see that when you're looking at that image, some see a face, some see the word liar, and some saw both. And a lot of times in communication in church, there could be a clear communication or maybe not a clear com communication, and everyone has a different perspective on how they see that picture. It could, it could show two different things. Either I can see a liar, I can see a man that lies all the time, or I can just see a man's face, but everyone has a different perspective. And I feel that in the church, I didn't see the glasses. I believe that in church, um, but that's something I need to relook at. I might be able to see it then. Um, when you think about church, that we want to make sure that we're all on the same page. And in order for us to know what something means, the communication has to be clear. And so many times people would tell me that, you know, they feel like communication between the leaders and the congregation is a little, little thin. They don't know what's going on. Um, when people feel that leaders are keeping things from them, they quickly begin to like distrust those leaders or they become suspicious of everything that goes on in the church because they're scared that somebody is trying to get away with something, right? Um, and even worse, when people do not have the facts, they begin to create their own facts and their own stories, rumors begin to fly and the gossip mills begin to turn um, out information that are that's just not true. Um, and that's one of the things that going forward in this church of today, communication has to be clear. And that's one thing that the enemy likes to really fight against, the communication between the church and the body of Christ or the leaders in the body of Christ and what the church is doing. And that's something we have to mend. And it's also in how we handle what questions that we have. So let's say if you have a question or you don't know what's going on with something, I wanted to promote change by you verbalizing what you want to know, asking what is it that I want to know? Or maybe because what you don't understand is that sometimes people can think that we have said that this, we sent out that, we sent out this, and they think that people understand and are clear communicated to, but actually that's not the case. And what we will end up doing is giving them bad intentions or giving the church bad intentions or people bad intentions because we didn't have a clear understanding 
of what's going on. And that's how perception can really affect communication in church. Because how you perceive something is going to be how you communicate it. And if you communicate it in a way that causes division or questions, then we want to make sure that we go through the proper channels to get those questions answered so there will not be like an overall sense of confusion of what's going on. That's something that you see in churches today. And sometimes it's not what happens to us that matters, but it's what's happening within us. So if we are a person that has unforgiveness in our heart, then, or we have bitterness in our heart, then we're going to perceive things a little bit differently. That's why perception is so important. And we got to make sure that our perception is that of God, a godly perception. And if it's not a godly perception, we got to dig deep to find out how we can fix that perception of other people and of our family, a body of Christ. Okay. So I want to talk about that. One way to fight constructively um, is to switch your perspective from getting your own point of view across to trying to understand your partner's or a person's point of view. Um, conflicts come in any number of sizes and shapes, but at their heart, they are mainly about not understanding each other. And I think at the end of the day, when we do have conflict, I think everyone just wants to be heard and understood. And when they don't, they don't feel that, then they have like a sense of attack or um, I'm very defensive, right? So how we communicate with each other will determine how that conversation is going to go. So the first thing I talked to you guys about it last week and the week before last about having empathy and try to put yourself in that person's position so that you can have a better understanding of where they're coming from. Not understanding why they feel the way they do, not understanding their point of view is why the issue mat the, these issues matters to them. And it leads to both of them not feeling understood. Bringing understanding into conflict has the power to transform conflict from a negative experience to a positive one. That people felt less satisfied um, with their relationships after conflicts where they didn't feel understood. And I get that because in a marriage, if I'm saying how I feel and I feel like he's attacking me back with tit for tat stuff, that means you're not hearing me. We've all may have had a conversation like that, especially if you're married. You want to be heard. And so does the other party. So if you treat each other like you're on the same side, then conflict can be resolved a lot easier. Okay. But in those conflicts where people have felt misunderstood, um, there was no there was a negative effect if they didn't feel understood. If they did feel understood, studies show that people felt more um, ready to talk and open up about their feelings. Um, also, people who remembered a past conflict in which they felt understood were no less satisfied than those in control of a condition. They, they felt like their past conflict that they may have had with a person, they bring it back into the current conflict. And then that's when the whole entire conversation is switched to spheres. So having your heart cleared and free of offenses, it is so important when we're dealing with conflict going forward. Because if there are things in your heart that may not have anything to do with the person you have conflict with, it's going to come out in different relationships because of the hurt that you've been through because you're still holding on to unforgiveness. And when we're talking about communication in the church, 
That's what we need to make sure that we are doing. We're being, we're giving grace to the person that we're talking to. We're not looking at them as a monster and judging their intentions, but instead we're giving them the benefit of the doubt. We're listening to them. Hopefully they're listening to us and knowing when to have the conversation. So if you're angry, if you're upset, you want to have a conversation, let's wait until we're both in a place where we can hear and receive from one another. If not, it can go a whole different route and direction. What usually happens, if it does go into a bad direction, we want to feel heard by somebody. And so what we do, and this may not be an intention to try to spread gossip, but what we would do is we'll talk about it to other people until we feel better. And then that's how a lot of stuff gets started. So something as small as a conflict between two people can now become a conflict between 10 to 25 people because you don't feel heard. And it is important to feel heard. But God gives us instructions to keep going back until we get it straight. So how do you increase understanding during conflicts? Um, instead of asserting your own point of view, try to take your partner's perspective. Like I just said earlier, um, make it your goal to understand your why. Um, and how your partner feels, okay? Um, you also want to avoid, we call it the four horsemen, which is criticism, defensiveness, contempt, and stonewalling. So you don't want to come with those four things. You don't want to be critical. You, wanna, you don't want to have a defensive shield up. You don't want to have contempt or you don't want to stonewall them, which means that every time I say something, then you're going to combat it back with something that I did before, that means you're not really listening, okay? You also want to give your brother, your brother or your sister the benefit of the doubt and assume that their intentions are not malicious. I don't know if you guys have um, experienced that before where you had a conflict and you, did, you had no idea until you were face-to-face -face with this person that they thought that you did something out of a malicious intent and it wasn't even in your heart to be malicious. And... It was a six to eight month issue and it could have all been resolved had we just talked about it. It's not good to judge intentions because, of course, we don't want our intentions judged. It is always good to ask and get understanding. And also, it's not OK to say, well, they did it five times before. So I know that that's what she meant now. That's not something we want to do either. OK. Also, take a moment to reflect on your partner's positive traits. So if you're, you're dealing with somebody that is always late and they come late to your party when you, not that that's a positive trait, but you have to try to look at that person and their personality. And if you know that it's not just me, it's just who that person is, it will help you look at things a whole lot differently than to be upset about it. Okay. Um, also, you want to think of you and your partner as a team, your brother and your sister, you are a team. You're not opponents. Your goal is to figure this thing out, see it eye to eye. And sometimes you may not agree, but you can agree to disagree and still be in harmony with one another. OK, we just don't agree on this issue. Also, you want to recognize that it won't always be easy to follow these suggestions, especially if a brother sister is not playing the same rules. If not, you still have to remain in control of yourself. If they're not receiving it, you still have to do the right thing. And you have to decide this is not going anywhere. Let's pick this back up later. OK, also give yourself a chance to be angry, but to also think about what's happening 
And also, if you're angry, also learn to be understanding. Anger is a part of life. It's something we're going to do. If we go around saying, I'm not going to ever be angry anymore, that's a lie. People will make you angry um, because it always triggers something within yourself. But you still have to acknowledge it and you have to get rid of it. And the only way to do that is by having more understanding and grace towards that person that you have conflict with. Okay. Um, We've all had these issues. We've all had to deal with conflict, but it is really important in your perception of things. You want to make sure that you're looking at things from a positive perspective. And if it's not positive, then it's nine times out of 10, it could be something that is influencing your perspective and how you see things. So that's important when you talk about growing together and moving together. It has to be, you have to have a good perspective. Otherwise, it's not going to be a good um, confrontation between you and your brother, your sister. Okay. So what if you, what do you do with discernment? I don't know. Do anybody out there have a gift of discernment? Some of us have a little bit of it. Somebody's some of us have a lot of it where you can discern things and you see something that may not be good in a person. What do you guys do? I want to hear from you all. You have nothing tangible against them. You have nothing concrete, but it's just something in you that that you feel strongly that something's not right or this person's not being honest or they're not living up to what they say they or who they say they are. How do you handle that? Does anybody want to share with me? How you handle that when you discern something that's not right? What do you typically do? I can share my testimony. Uh, usually this happens a lot. If I discern something that's just not right, but I don't have any concrete evidence, I still look at them. Okay, Edith, ask the person so you don't judge. Very good. So what if you ask the person and they feel judged because you asked them? <laughs> now they have an attitude because you've asked them. What do we do then? This is real life stuff to happen. Look for evidence to make sure. Oh, so you are going to prove them guilty. <laughs> okay, but that's true. Look for evidence to make sure because you don't want to jump to conclusions. Okay, I get that, Charmaine. I definitely do. Or you sit back and you watch them like, okay, I know I'm not crazy. Um, something that is as clear as day to you could be so far from somebody else's mind. Men ought to always pray. Yes, Edith and Shanita. Prayer is always good. Praying for opportunity or sometimes a situation doesn't require you to do anything. Sometimes people will obviously end up showing who they really are. But there are some times where you feel compelled to tell your brother or sister to be mindful. But if you don't do it in the right way and love and grace and at the right time, it could seem like you're you're spreading gossip about that person. Um, so praying, praying for opportunity. God usually will give you that opportunity to, to share what you're feeling about that person. Let it play out. It usually reveals itself. That's true, Shanita. But if you see a brother or sister, you see them getting wrapped up into it and you don't want them to be hurt, then that's when you have to pray. But you're right. When you pray and let it play out, it usually will play out. You know, it usually will happen. Especially if you're a person that the other person talks to a lot, you can share some of those feelings. And a lot of times what I do, guys, I just ask questions. Sometimes asking questions really 
it really uh, exposes a lot. Like you, some people just don't think deep enough about it, but you ask the question. So there's a way to do it without slandering. There's a way to do it without telling five people, girl, I'm telling you, ain't nothing right where I can't put my finger on it. But it's something about her that's not right. If you tell five people that, then they go, they go start looking for stuff. So you got to be careful with who you share that with. You know, you want to kind of keep that to yourself and pray for that person. And sometimes what if you're wrong? What if your spiritual radar is not right and you're wrong? But either way, praying is the best option. And if God presents opportunity, that's exactly what we need to do. We need to get take care of that opportunity. Not just, yep, natural feelings. It is a thin line. I agree. Man, it's the branch. It is a thin line. So you have to be careful. Um, typically, uh, we are left scratching our heads, wondering why we didn't see it until we are too late. What's more frustrating is when we realize we ignored a trail of clues that should have been red flags to us. Um, there is a gift, a supernatural ability from the Holy Spirit that will unmask these situations. Uh, it's called the gift of discerning of spirits, and it reveals the spirit of the matter. Um, whether it's human, demonic, or divine, this gift mentioned in Corinthians 12 and 10 alongside other gifts in the Holy Spirit is not the same as having an evil eye towards others or being suspicious, um, which are heart issues, okay? It's a divine ability from God to see past the surface and know the spirit and heart motive behind people and situations, okay? Um so I think with me, when I ignored what I discerned, I didn't want to see what I was discerning. Um, I didn't want to understand it. I couldn't believe that someone had a wrong heart. I felt wrong because I had no evidence. But so I, I would feel wrong about it. Um, and I would just say, you know, I'm just going to let it play out. But as time went on, because if you feel in a certain way, you got to be careful how much you open your heart to it. That means the Bible says to watch as well as pray. So you have to watch as well as pray. I can interact, but I still have to watch. And that's the part we have to stop ignoring. That's just like if you run again, if you're riding down the street and someone is waving their hands and stop because the street is um, cut off and there's the street ends. Um, but to you, from your perspective, everything looks good because you can see the trees all the way over there. And what happens is that when we ignore those signs, we fall off the cliff because we didn't listen or take heed to those signs. So either way, you still have to be prayed up and you have to be able to handle things without damaging someone else's character. And then if you pray for opportunity, God will give you the opportunity to say it if that's what his will is. Sometimes, like I said, God does not require you to do anything. Okay. Um, the, the gift of discerning of spirits is a truth telling gift and a gatekeeping gift. Okay, you will supernaturally discern both good and evil. Um, we usually know what to do with the good, but we do we do what do we do when we discern evil in people? And that's like I said before, you have to pray. If you follow these instructions, if you pray, most of the time you will pray about it and just leave it there. Prayer is powerful enough to handle it. Um, if you address it with the whole picture in mind, love has to be considered the individual and the impact of the individual on others. Okay. So if you are a leader in the church, or if you're somebody that is looked to as a leader in the church, um, you will work that out depending on the strength and maturity of those you lead. So sometimes people 
um, are not strong enough to handle it. And God will tell you that as well. Okay. Also, you want to discern the difference between a broken person and the devil. Sometimes you have to call a spirit out. Sometimes you, you, you just know, and you have to call the spirit out. It's, it ain't no, it ain't no, oh, she may be. No, you can tell. You know the difference. When you're spiritually mature, you know the difference. The Bible says that angels can appear in the likeness of men, which means devils can too. So most people, like 99% who are possessed or deceptive to do because they are broken. There is a small percent, however, that are actually devils. This gift will reveal it, and then you can, because... Once you see it, you'll be able to know. But in the meantime, that's why it's important for you to stay prayed up, okay? And you also got to learn from your mistakes. If you made mistakes before because you trusted too early, then learn from your mistakes not to have a wall up, but just be watchful as well as interact. You just got to be watchful so that you won't damage yourself, so that you won't get trapped into this web of lies or entanglement that can take up a lot of time of your life, okay? Um, also, when you think about communication in the church, um, you want to make sure that you show yourself friendly. A lot of times we can't see ourselves. A lot of times we feel that I think I'm a cool person. I think I'm approachable. I don't see nothing wrong with me. But there are signs that tell you if you're not friendly or if you're not approachable. You've either heard it before, nobody wants to come to you. That's something you always got to be aware of. Be self-aware of what's going on within you. And God will reveal those things. Either way, with conflict, if your heart is right, God's going to lead you down the right direction. If you have unforgiveness, it will be revealed. Your intentions will be revealed. You can't hide from it. It comes out by the way you act. Usually if somebody just floods you down with insults, who does the insults belong to if you don't receive the insults? It goes back to them. You can insult me all day. That's just your opinion. I'm not going to let that affect me because I have a bigger assignment. And a lot of times the devil keep us entangled into all of these webs of small things like Dr. Cop said on Sunday, small things that really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. And we are just, we're being taken away from our legacy. We have a legacy that can change the world, but instead we're allowing unforgiveness and, and all of the other kind of pettiness in our life to stop us from growing. And a lot of times God will give us things to go through to make us better. All right. And one of the scriptures about that, um, Matthew 10 and 16 says, Behold, I am sending um, you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Be wise as serpents means that you got to watch. And be as innocent as doves means that you have to be sensitive to the spirit and you still have to do things in love. Okay? It's so important that we do things in love. And I just want to really encourage you guys on tonight because we've already talked a whole lot about um, pettiness and being whole in God. I pray that you guys have gotten um, or done some self-inventory because the next level that God is going to bring us to, it's going to be, we're going to have to have tough skin. And a lot of times if there's something unresolved or if you're wishing revenge on people, if you want people to pay for the things that they've done, you're out of the will of God because God says that revenge belongs to him. 
We cannot focus on the things. Again, like I said, God, God loves all parties involved. So that means with you, God has forgiven you. God has granted you grace to move forward for the people that you have hurt. And we have to do the same thing. Please do not be deceived in thinking that you can change what the word of God says. We cannot change what the word of God says. Um, just to bring you some, let me give you a scripture with that. Uh, Galatians 1, 6 through 9. I'm reading from the message translation. It says, I can't believe how you waver, how easily you have turned traitor to him who called you to by the grace of Christ by embracing an alternative message. It is not a minor variation, you know. It is completely other, an alien message, a no message, a lie about God. Those who are provoking this agitation among you are turning the message of Christ on its head. Let me be blunt. If one of us, even if an angel from heaven were to preach something other than what we preached originally, let him be cursed. I said it once, I'll say it again. If anyone, regardless of reputation of credentials, preaches something other than what you received originally, let him be cursed. We cannot try to fit the word of God into our, into our world. We try to make the word ambiguous. We try to fit God's word into today's time. And we try to make exceptions for us doing what we want to do when we want to do it. You cannot do that. The word of God is simple and clear. And I don't want people to think that, okay, well, I'm a one-off because of what happened to me when I was two. You're not. There's always somebody out here that has went through something worse than you. But what God wants you to do is trust him enough to obey his word so that you won't ever be in the wrong, so that God will continue to bless you and grow you as a spirit, especially spiritually. We have to start becoming spiritually mature in Christ because on your next level, you're going to have to have tough skin and you can't spend all your day and time worrying about what people say about you, deflecting, fighting and proving yourself right. You don't have to do that. Because it doesn't matter where you go, what you do, somebody is just going to be mad about something that you do. Whether you're good, you can just be good at something that they have to work hard at and they'll be upset. But those are the things you can't worry about. What you have to worry about is being obedient to the word of God, following his commandments. Let all that stuff go in your heart so that God can bless you and moving in your ministry. And I believe that God is sending laborers. I believe God is doing something great in our ministry. But I just want to know that our communication, not only just with each other, to our leaders, getting behind our leaders. Um, when I talk about perception, our leaders, especially my parents, they have to make a lot of hard decisions. I don't think you guys have ever had, well, I guess, how can I put this? If you have children, right? Um, and your children love you and they're going to put everything they have into your vision, right? And then there are people that love Bishop, but don't love the rest of his family. Um, he has to deal with the burden of that. There are people that um, love what he says, but can't stand what lady says. That's, that's, these are the things in the battles and the things, talk about hurt and pain and having to let go and still love you and, and still genuinely give and give him himself. It's a lot. It's, if you think it's hard for you, imagine being responsible for a whole church of people 
and you got your family that you love too. So it's like, it puts you in a hard position. Um, even though he does the right thing at all times, because if you keep it biblical, you never go wrong. And thank God for pastors that keep it biblical. I thank God for that. They don't have to take sides as long as you're in the word of God. That's the side they take. And I love that. But it still is not easy. When you think about perspective, a lot of times we always try to say what we would do if it were me. You have no idea what it is on a whole nother level where you're so responsible for so many people and have to make so many decisions and you love all the parties involved. It's not easy. Some of the things that they face is not easy, but they do it with grace and we thank God for them. But you have to think about it that Think about it like that as well. You're going to have different levels in God. And in these levels that God increases you to, you have to still be obedient. The more exposure you get, the more people are going to talk about you. The more tougher your skin's got to get. You cannot allow these petty things to stop the greatness that God has in you. Our church is full of so much talent and potential we have enough in our church to run empire on top of empires on top of empires. The gifting, the, the skill sets that we have in our ministry. I want to see everybody's gift being utilized. Right. And I want their gifts to be utilized without having any gossip or malice or strife in your heart. But we want to work together. And in order to do that, we have to start having grace towards our, our loved ones. I got to instead of me assuming your intentions, I'm going to have to show you some grace and say, well, maybe that's not what they meant. Maybe you just don't know a person's story. You haven't gotten to know them enough to know that they've been through X, Y, and Z. And if you knew that, it would give you a better perspective. That's why perspective is important. You can't follow God's um, law without understanding that your perspective have to be from a perspective of grace because God has grace upon us. And if God can look past our faults and still use us in a mighty way, then we have no excuse not to do it for our brothers and sisters. I'm talking about having grace for those who work hard, even those who may have an opinion about things that are being done, still have an appreciation for those who work hard. The fact that we have this broadcast up here today, somebody had to sacrifice day in and day not day in and day out to make this broadcast happen. The fact that we have sound on Sunday, somebody had to come early to do that. The fact that we have text messages and, and bulletins going out and good mics and good musicians and good, all this stuff. It had to be somebody who made the sacrifice. So it doesn't matter whether you like it or you're mad because you're not doing X, Y, and Z. You still got to appreciate the people that are working hard to make it happen so that you can watch church at home, so that you can have an easy way to pay your tithes and offering. All of this stuff, people don't think about that because you know what they're thinking about? Well, I don't think it's right. And they should have did this, this, and this. And again, that's usually coming from people who are not active in the ministry. They don't own that one thing and don't put their name on nothing that goes out there with their name on it to be criticized. You're going to hear stuff like that. And if you do have an opinion, let it be constructive and let's talk about it. Be constructive with them and go to your leaders and say, hey, this will be a good idea. You know, and it's just all about communication. It's all about treating people as you would have them to treat you. But whether you like a person or not, you still got to respect their gift, respect their craft, respect their sacrifice, because it's something you're not doing right now. 
and I had the luxury of doing it and and uh, and being available and having these things at my fingertips because somebody took the sacrifice, took the time to make it happen for me. So when you hear this stuff in your ear, ask that person, what do you do in the ministry? What do you do? How are you contributing? What can you do to make the thing that you're upset about? What can you do to make it easy for the person that's doing it? If you don't have solutions, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. And that's the way we have to be. If we're down to eight people at Redeem Assembly, I want us eight people to be so down for Redeem that we will get stuff done fast because everybody is on the same accord. We're not secretly hoping that you fail, but I'm here because I want you to succeed. And if you need me to come in early on Sunday mornings, or if you need me to do a Bible class, or if you need me to do a a small group, I'm going to do it because I want to see this ministry grow. I want my ministry to grow. And it's going to grow because I'm under an amazing leadership. So that's that's the whole purpose of this whole entire series. Didn't know it was going to be a series. Honestly, I didn't, (laughs) but I just want everyone to understand the importance of being on one accord. Some of you have not been a part of a team your whole life. Some of you have never been a part of a team at all, but teamwork makes the dream work. Coming together, offering your services, and if you are good at something, let's start working in it. If you have a complaint, well, I don't even know who to go to, or I don't know how to communicate, let's just start by calling the church. And then we'll go from there. If you want to see more of something, start by just saying it so we can do it. Because a lot of times people that have a lot on their plate or they are doing multiple things, they don't notice those things, which is why we're here to say, hey, did you know that you can do this and it can make it easier? Oh, my God. Thank you. I'll be happy to do that. Okay, I just want all of the back talk, the side talk, the upside down talk, all of that stuff to stop. Because we have to move together. And like I told y'all in the first Bible class, I'm tired of that spirit hanging around this ministry. It's got to go. We got to stop putting it in its place. We got to stop. We got to stop all the chitter chatter and we got to get busy. And when I say get busy, if there's something you want to understand, if it's something that you, you've heard and that has been bothering you and you just want to get it settled, address it. But address it in love, address it in grace, and address it at the right time. Pray for opportunity. If we learn how to effective, be effective in our communication, we can get so far, guys. But we have to start appreciating each other. I appreciate Norma and Martha. When I come to church on Sunday and see those two smiling faces, it means everything to me. They make you melt like, oh, whatever I was thinking about. Look at them. They're just as happy as they want to be. How in the world do they do it? I love Christine and her enthusiasm and Shanita and their enthusiasm in church. It's like, they, like, it's like they're at a pep rally. Love it. Love the praise team. I love all the all the people that belong to Redeem. I love what you bring to it. And that's not even scratching the surface of which I could bring. And that's what I want to, I want to provoke change in that way so that we can start working. Damien and Andre, amazing armor bearers, but they're much more than that. They are. It's a whole lot they have to offer. That's what I want to see done. I want to see everybody working. And whatever you're good at, let's start working. Let's stop thinking about what ain't and think about what is, appreciate it, and move forward. Not only that, Bishop and Lady, 
I want to see them see that vision come to pass. They've already seen it unfold over the years, but I want them to be able to see it. I want them to be, them to be able to flow in the wisdom that God has given them and flow in the vision that God has given them. And I want them to have a people behind them that's not, that's going to be a diehard fan. That's all I want to see. And if we got people that are willing to work, you're going to work and we're going to get it done. But this is the whole purpose of the Bible study. I'm not going to hold you guys any longer. I just really wanted to bring up those points about think about your perspective. Try to change it if it's negative. If you're assuming something, try to think of it with grace. As if you would want somebody to think about you with grace and with love and with kindness. Let's change our perspective. Let's give it over to God and understand the conflict is going to happen. It's how you handle it that is, that's going to matter, okay? Of course, your weaknesses, the enemy wants to exploit all of your weaknesses, but you have to know your weaknesses and strengths just like the enemy knows it. You have to know your own. So that way you can use your weaknesses and you can set yourself up so that your weaknesses won't be a problem. You can use your weaknesses as a strength because you know your weakness and you know how to set it up so that your weakness will not allow you to fail. But if you don't know who you are, if you don't, if you're finding out things about yourself as you go, then that's a weakness in itself. Okay, so we have to really start getting to know, being more self-aware of who we are, our hearts, what's in our hearts. Start making these changes. I want to see the prophets. I want to see the teachers, the leaders, the the finance uh, gurus. All of these gifts start coming into play. And I can't wait. I'm excited for where this ministry is going. But I just want to conclude this by just telling you guys that we got to start doing things in love. We got to start loving each other, appreciating each other. We got to stop the chitter chatter and we got to start moving and making some moves. You know, let's make some moves that's actually going to affect the ministry in a positive way. Okay. That's all I came to say tonight. I'm not going to hold you guys any longer. I love you guys. I appreciate the time that you have given me to come before you on tonight. I will see you guys in church. I'll be walking, working right alongside you. Uh, if you have any questions, you can just let our pastors know. Or you can call the church. But I just want to encourage you guys to let, let's let's be some diehard fans of Redeem and let's get this work done. Okay, I love you guys. I'll see you on Sunday. Good night.